0: We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear, such as teas and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together.
1: Everyone, this is Crew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co host, Cody Johnson. Cody,
0: well, 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 welcome back, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. We are recording this on Wednesday evening. Hope you all are doing well. A uh, couple of housekeeping notes before we get started. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the fun stuff and on threads, but we're not as active on that one as the other ones. And then also don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast as well. And I think uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give a special thank you and shout out to Kenny uh, King Jr. for joining us last week. If you missed that episode, I don't know where you guys were at, but it was a fun, fun, fun episode. It is available on our website. It is also available on our YouTube channel. And you guys can listen on all the audio platforms. So I highly recommend listening. To it. And again, thank you, Kenny, for joining us. I think that is all the housekeeping notes. All the other stuff is down below in the ticker, guys. But uh, without further ado, Drew, man, how's it going? You look like you're doing homework.
1: Uh, Yeah, I kind of am. I'm trying to finish up our notes for... (laughs) <laughs> for this episode but uh doing all right uh kind of had a rough start to uh the week um our our ac went out so we had to get it fixed uh, mm-hmm. and it was fixed yesterday so we got to sleep in our house yesterday which was nice but the night before uh we had to go sleep over at my in-laws not that that was bad it was just you know it was just unfortunate because you want to sleep in your own house but you know oh well um and then, uh, you know, worked until six o'clock today, so I uh, rushed over here and we were busy at work, so I had no time uh, to uh, do notes. So I am uh, right now cramming uh, my homework in to, uh, to get these notes done.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, work, uh, Brad is in uh, the comments right now. He's saying what up, so I'm just replying back to him.
1: Yep, this is he's the only reason we're going up, uh, we're going on live right now is because yeah, per- he
0: pretty much an audience uh, of one right now, but it's all good. We can appreciate anybody that's, uh, joining us. So it's all good.
1: No, I, I do want to reiterate, uh, before we get into everything, I do want to reiterate, uh, thank you to Kenny King. Uh, hopefully he, uh, he watches later or is watching right now. Um, we really appreciate it. It was so cool of him to even take the time to do it. We were such an awe, um, of of his um professionalism and and how nice he was that was just really cool so uh we appreciate him coming on that was that was really really cool um yeah but uh cody how are you doing man
0: Uh, i'm doing all right man just uh working and then uh i obviously you and i actually got to spend the day basically together last thursday which was really nice so uh our daughters are in the same gymnastics school so we got to see each other's kids uh, fall and have fun and got a chance to do dinner. So, you know, got to hang out with you guys. And since then, we've just been living the busy life, you know, and uh, Abby is preparing to head out to another city on Monday. So I'll be with the kids solo for the week again. And I got to tell you what, man, uh, for those out there that like to do the uh, uh, dad stuff with they're the ones taking care of the kids, man, it is such a hard job. I, I mean, I think Drew, you've been doing it for the last few years and I, it's amazing how you're able to accomplish as much as you are.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of that is, you know, I get help from my wife, uh, my in-laws, um, my wife's like my wife's whole family. They, they definitely help out a lot. So, you know, that definitely does help, uh, whenever I need to get things done, The only honestly, the the most I think the most challenging part first is to keep the house clean, but second is to uh, set up babysitting. You Mm got to coordinate with all kinds of people, and you know, typically you want to kind of have a uh, specific time. You know, Mm -hmm. how long you're going to be gone, and when you're going to come back. Um, I'm lucky enough to have um, my wife's uh, grandma, who is just like. Always like just leave him, just leave them, you know, here for like, you know, sixteen hours. We're good, you mm-hmm. know. She's always like, yeah, just, just leave him here. Don't worry about. It. So, yeah. uh, you know, she's always very grateful to and gracious to to watch him. So, um, so you know, shout out to to the whole family. That it takes. You know, when they say it takes a village to raise kids, it definitely does. Yeah. That is for sure. So that's the yeah. only reason I'm able to do half of the things that I do uh, when I'm at home.
0: It was funny that the first thing you let off with is, you know, making sure the house is somewhat in order. And I can tell you what, man, that ship sailed weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, there there's some times where I'm lucky to get the dishes done, let alone clean the house. And right now, yep. the reason why my background is fuzzy is because it's not nearly uh, keen enough to... uh be uh be in the shot right now so yeah that is definitely the challenge that i've found is uh since i and and honestly it's since i've been back to work for my vacation which has basically been about a month now is finding a routine to clean the house do all the dishes and then prepare for the night before of like you know dinners or lunches which is really hard because you know now that we are in summer break my kids they wake up whenever they feel like it so there'll be times i don't hear from them until like maybe one o'clock if i'm lucky because they've had (laughs) you know a crazy evening or whatever uh so that's just always a tough thing and then trying to squeeze in workouts in between man has always been oh yeah now becoming more of a challenge like you know i've been having to do workouts at at my uh at my job basically because we have a gym there and uh, that's the only way i've been able to get in like you know, workouts in between, make sure I don't fall off the wagon too much. But even still, it's hard to carve out time for all that because you got to juggle a lot of things around and stuff. And I'm essentially waiting until school starts. So that way I can have a full-time babysitter back. That's free of services (laughs) and then have them go back and do all that. So that way I can actually work peacefully. Yeah, for
1: sure. All right. Well, uh, life is crazy. Kids are crazy, but you know, what's even crazier is sports what a segue i'm, I'm really yeah, proud that was, of that one anyway that was a um good one. Uh, so this is a we really had to talk a lot of uh rate not had to but we really wanted to talk a lot of raiders with kenny king so um a lot has uh has passed us since since we've done the show last where uh how we normally do it where you know we talk about anything and everything basically um and um you know, basically, what we have missed is well, MLB trade deadline just ended, uh, well, technically yesterday. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, holdouts and signings in the NFL. Um, really, the NBA has kind of been somewhat quiet right now. Uh, not too much is going on over there other than like the Damian Lillard thing, which is like out of stalemate right now. So, yeah. um, You know, just some some crazy stuff. I mean, we we've seen, uh, you know, the playoff picture here in in uh, in the MLB is starting to kind of shape itself. Uh, Women's uh, the women's national team is playing in the World Cup right now, which it's looking a little sketchy right now. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. you know, the Messi goal was freaking ridiculous. First yeah, game Met- he starts and he ends it with a, with a game winner. That was just crazy.
0: Yeah, Messi has taken over MLS soccer right now. So. And
1: I, I, I posted this on our Twitter feed, but I want to reiterate. For those of you who don't watch soccer and go like, well, how come, you know, this American player doesn't play in the Premier League or doesn't play in La Liga? Go watch Messi and how easy he makes it look. And then you'll understand, oh, MLS is nowhere close. Yeah. Like, MLS <laughs> is better than what it used to be. It is nowhere close to the Premier League. It is ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, you know, shout out to Messi. First of all, that was, that was a great, uh, great goal. I was, like, super impressed. So, anyway, a um, lot, of, lot is, has been happening uh, since we've been talking about sports kind of regularly
0: yeah all right drew you ready to kick off with some drew takes
1: uh sure go ahead <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> so not really f- but <laughs> no okay so no first- go ahead just- <laughs> just oh my gosh up. do you do you want me to start or not yes
1: okay. just start it all right so but just- uh i mean i'm just kidding <laughs> just wanted to you. <laughs>
0: all right so the first Drew take question here is uh you know uh Reports earlier today came out that the NFL is considering adopting the XFL's kickoff rules. And for those that don't know, the XFL, what they do is they do their kickoff at, I think it's the 30 or the 40-yard line. But their players are on the, uh, I think it's the 15-yard line. And then the return team's uh, players are on the 10-yard line. And nobody is allowed to move or engage until the kick returner receives the the kickoff and then begins their running motion. Uh, that's when everyone can engage in blocking or attempting to tackle the, the kick returner. So drew, what do you make of the NFL considering adopting that new kickoff rule?
1: I, I don't know. I'm, I may surprise you with this answer, but I actually don't like this rule. I really oh, okay. don't. And the reason is, is it works in the XFL and got to be perfectly honest. The XFL it's, it's not as good as the NFL. Okay, I think we can all agree on that, and the NFL is is the more dominant league. So you kind of have to create a little more excitement in the XFL than you do in the NFL. Whereas in the NFL, you get guys who are return men. Yes, we don't see it as much. We don't see a lot of returns. But at the same time, you do see guys, the, the more talented guys, still able to score touchdowns. Um, and, and I kind of feel like it's more catering to just they're trying to score more which i get but i feel like the rules are already geared towards offense anyway where you don't Mm -hmm. really need to add this now if the xfl starts getting really big and starts you know getting in some crazy numbers Mm
0: -hmm. then i
1: think the nfl should at least think about it to create a little more excitement in the nfl but overall i just think you're taking away from the nfl game um, the XFL, it works, like I said, because you don't have as talented players as you do. I mean, they're still ta- very talented. I'm not saying they're not, but, uh, what I am saying is, you know, obviously the NFL is at a, at a top tier where the XFL is, you know, uh, a second tier, uh, sometimes I would say at a, at a third tier, uh, depending on which college team you're watching. So, yeah. um, I just kind of would say I wouldn't do it. Um, you know, I think you don't really get to show how talented you are as a returner where you get rules, where these guys really cannot move until Mm -hmm. you move. Um, You know, you have to find holes a little bit harder than, than uh, you would if you were in the, in the NFL, because in the NFL, it eventually breaks down before you even get the ball at times. So Mm -hmm. I kind of get the, the, the other side of it, but I just feel like uh, it's, there's no need for it right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that the XFL really when they basically came to their third iteration, this is where the rock purchased them and has now developed it to where it is now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that the XFL has basically labeled itself as a developmental league. So eventually what they want to do is they want to be a league that tries out the new rules and, uh, you know, then have the NFL decide if they like them or not. Uh, I can give her I can give or take the kickoff rules only because I kind of agree. Like the kickoff is like this fun thing that you know at any moment you can get a return. I think it makes it really hard for the XFL rules just because you know it kind of shrinks the field a little bit and returns are a little bit harder, even though it's safer. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the rule a rule. Eventually, I'd like to see them adopt is the uh, point after scoring conversions because you can go for one point on the one yard line, uh, or you can go to the two yard line for two points, or I think you can go all the way out to like the 10 yard line for three point conversion, which is really interesting in the XFL. And there's actually been a couple of teams that have done that. I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of variation of that in the NFL. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but the kickoffs, I think it's a little tougher just because, you know, the NFL is kind of already making kicking game, like non-existent and yeah. this would almost further it. So, Yeah.
1: And with the numbers, too, with how everything has been going, like, you know, a lot of teams go for two or a lot of teams Mm -hmm. go for it on fourth down rather than settle for the field goal where it used to be where you just like, you know, if it's a 45 plus yard field goal, sometimes you're just like, "Eh, I think we're you know, you're putting the other team in the midfield, just kick the field goal. You yeah. feel like your, your field goal kicker can make it most of the time. So, you know, yeah. whereas now it's, it's more geared towards like, you know, these, I'm sorry, my son is like watching Cocoa Melon. He is so hyped right now, but anyway, um, <laughs>
0: who isn't hyped for Cocoa Melon. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I don't think anyone is as hyped as my son gets, but anyway, um, you know, I just feel like um now a lot of more teams are like let's go for it on fourth down let's go for it on fourth down doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like how many yards it is it's just like they play the numbers game you know uh this should be successful you know 65 percent of the time Mm -hmm. so you're gonna you're gonna take those odds over the over the field goal so um i just feel like uh with the kickoff right now we don't really necessarily need to fix that. I mean, really there's not too many kick returns in the NFL anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, and I feel like too, you get better field position if you're doing that as the offense. And again, like I said, offenses are favored in the NFL rules where yeah. they're just going to drive down the field a lot with a lot less yardage and a lot less time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think it, it helps.
0: I gotcha. All right. What were your thoughts on the uh, MLB trade deadline that just passed? And I will also include the trades that happened before the deadline. Of course, we're not talking about specifically the ones that happened the day of, but you know, ones that happened beforehand. What would you take of them? Well, the
1: biggest winner of this, um, of this trade deadline is the San Francisco Giants getting AJ Pollock. I mean the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) right? AJ Pollock hitting a whopping 174. I mean, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) is anyone gonna stop this guy um might want to intentionally walk him (laughs) so well that's that's a big shout out to my uh uh to my brother-in-law Diego he uh when when AJ Pollock was with the Dodgers he always so his dad my father-in-law never liked AJ Pollock he hated him on the team wanted him off Uh and uh Diego always wanted him he was like dad how can you say that AJ Pollock is not worth it and blah blah so they would always get an argument and I was always on my father-in-law's side I was like AJ Pollock is trash dude I'm sorry <laughs> and of course we we trade for him so yeah. I immediately messaged Diego I was like the man the myth the legend he's a San Francisco giant he was like well he's washed now and I was like you can't even let me have one yep. come on kid." <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but anyway no I mean listen first of all the Giants thing I don't understand why they made the trade i get that they were trying to go for depth and experience and Mm -hmm. i mean yeah aj pollock is that but at the same time he's i mean what diego said i mean he's kind of washed he's not what he used to be um and even brad told me this today i mean he couldn't even make it on the chicago white Sox, who are struggling to win games Mm -hmm. who don't have um you know could use any kind of bat that they possibly could. So um yeah it's it's a little unfortunate. I don't I don't know why they went for it, but they did it. They didn't really have to let go of anyone. So I guess that is a plus there, but mm-hmm. um you know it is what it is, I guess. But man, the Rangers are going for go going for everything. And yeah. it kind of makes me think like you're starting to understand why Bruce Bochy um went to Texas because now he's with a GM who's willing to make these big trades, who's willing to go after, you know, a Max Scherzer, who I did not think was going to go to the Rangers at all. And I'm kind of surprised that Verlander went to Houston, went back to Houston. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a little surprising as well. I would have loved to have seen the Giants go after guys like that, where um, it might entice Otani to come to your team a little bit more. but overall, you know, listen, honestly, the reason the Giants didn't go after all these guys is none of the NOS teams went after any guys. I mm-hmm. mean, the Dodgers didn't really make any moves. I mean, they made a couple, but nothing like big splash. Um, you know, the the Padres, they, they got G-Man Choi and uh, oh, I forgot who else. It was a picture. Uh, I can't think of who it was, but. Um they went after you know a couple of guys, but nothing like huge, nothing like you're like, oh my god, i can't believe they got them mm-hmm. uh the Rockies were sellers, uh which is no surprise. The Diamondbacks didn't get anybody um and then the giants really didn't go after anybody so it is uh it it is a little strange that the NL West is really just like mm, we're not going after this, so i don't know if it's they know something that no one else does, or if it's more of, you know, we don't think we can take the the bigger teams, or if it's mm-hmm. more of we're trying to save money for a certain someone to come over to our team. But either way, um, you know, it was it was actually a really strange MLB trade deadline, minus the um you know, minus the the Verlander and, and um Scherzer. I I mean nothing really too Shocking or huge, in my opinion, mm-hmm. really, really happened uh, in the trade deadline. I mean, I know there's going to be baseball purists who are going to be like, "Well, what about this guy?" And that can listen. I, I, I don't think it's as big of a splash as like Scherzer and Verlander, mm-hmm. who literally just signed huge contracts with the New York Mets and completely being sold in yeah. very the same year that they just signed. So it's a little strange.
0: I feel bad for Mets fans out there that were riding the. The high tide of like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're World Series contenders. We're at least going to get in the playoffs and then pretty underwhelming season. And then you sell off your two best pitchers that you forked over a lot of money for. And I tweeted out, uh, I think it was on uh, Sunday or Monday when the news broke about Verlander that basically Houston let Verlander walk and the Mets then gave him back and at the same time paid him a substantial raise that Houston doesn't have to, because I'm assuming the Mets are eating some of the salary when they traded him over back to Houston. So this is interesting. And now it gears up Houston to be a dangerous team, which they always are in the postseason. So I'm curious to see what now, what happens with them, but man, if you're a Mets fan, I am so sorry for you guys. You guys had high hopes. And I think I saw something that said that the Mets aren't going to, or the GM of the Mets said they probably won't be competitive until 2025. Or something along that, <laughs> or something along those lines, and I thought, man, that is heartbreaking. So,
1: I mean, I guess the Carlos Correa thing really messed him up. I, I don't, I don't really <laughs> understand. I mean, they went after like, what would they have done with Carlos Correa? I mean, he first of all, he's still yeah. not hitting very well, um, and secondly, like they're not winning, so would they have traded him to? I mean, it's it's kind of a, I think it's a very good question, and like, I don't think they're going to be able to afford Otani. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can maybe make the argument that maybe this does release them of the contracts that they you know gave to these guys, but like you said, they have to be eating some of this because they just signed Verlander this year. So yeah, and they were uh, like really high
0: deals, weren't they?
1: The Verlander one for sure. I, I don't remember what the Scherzer one was, but yeah, the Verlander was ridiculous. He yeah. just came off a of Cy Young. So it's,
0: yeah, but he was like, isn't he forty two? Right? Is he?
1: No, I think he's forty. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's an older pitcher, and he's. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: anyways, but he so. looked like he was. I mean, last year he looked like he was one of. The, he was still the most dominant, or one of the most dominant pitchers in the game. And Not now, while on the Mets, exactly. And it's it's got to be something with New York. I don't know if it's their pitching coach, if it's their manager, um, if it's just maybe the pressure of New York. Yeah. Um. But you know, it, it's man i don't know it's it's very yeah bobby Bonilla. <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> yeah
0: they're gonna parse i don't know verlander i think
1: i mean verlander only had like three years uh what's but gonna be still crazy, it was like
0: a hundred million dollars wasn't it
1: is yeah i think it's something yeah. close to that they're it was gonna, something ridiculous they're
0: gonna have to parse it out two million for like the next 40 years or whatever to pay it yeah. off so.
1: we'll see Man, yeah. those Mets, man, they just can't get it right. Unfortunately, I know
0: if you've got a Mets fan in your life, give them a hug because they're not doing well right now. <laughs> All right, Drew, it's time for your uh, Power Five, sir. It's been a week. It's been a couple of weeks since you've done one of these, so <sighs> I'm, I'm wondering how different it was from the last time. Uh, so why don't you blow us away with your top five?
1: All right, at one, I have the Atlanta Braves. No explanation needed. Yeah, no Best record in there. baseball. They are absolutely rolling. Um, their run differential is a plus one fifty nine, um, and their schedule, I mean, is is pretty average. Uh, mm-hmm. The remainder of the schedule, so um, I, I think they're going to be they're going to be fine, and they're definitely going to be in the postseason. Um, Number two, this actually might shock a few people, but I actually have a Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not giving up on them just yet, even though they are second in the AL East. Uh, They have a better run differential than the first-place Baltimore Orioles. Um, I trust Tampa Bay a little bit more than the Orioles. They're starting to get healthy. They have Tyler Glass now. They just got Shane um, McClanahan back. Um, the hitters have kind of slowed down, which is kind of what I was saying all year. I don't see them hitting the way they have been, but they are still a very good team, a very talented team, um, and uh, they're going to be facing Detroit the next uh, next few we- uh, next few games. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is still going to be a very dangerous team. I expect them to be in the postseason race, obviously. Um, but you know, Toronto, Boston, New York, they're all still around there. Baltimore is first right now. So, uh, that AL East is going to be fun to watch down the stretch. So, but I'm going to put Tampa Bay ahead. Uh, number three, I have the first place Baltimore Orioles. Um, like I said, I trust the Rays a little bit more. The Orioles, I still think are a little too young for my liking. Um, but they're getting healthy. They got Ryan, uh, Mountcastle back. Who's been on an absolute tear since he's been back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adley Rushman has kind of slowed down, uh, hitting wise a little bit, um, uh, but he's still very solid behind the plate. So, you know, he's not going to lose any time. Um, you know, the, the pitching is what I'm still a little worried about. They have been pretty decent, uh, with their starting rotation, their bullpen. I, I worry about, um, but, um, I just still think that Baltimore is still a little too young, a little inexperienced um, to have them in the top two. But, you know, the record says, you know, they're a really good team and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for me to try and keep them out. So yeah, uh, they're at number three. I have the Texas Rangers at number four. I actually wanted to put the Dodgers ahead of them, but the run differential got me. I had to get Texas above them. Um, I, I, I'm very shocked at what they they've done so far. And now they have Max Scherzer to add to that. This Mm -hmm. is a very scary team. Although adding Scherzer is a huge boost. I still am slightly worried about that bullpen, but Mm -hmm. overall, um, and I, their hitters. I'm not sold on completely yet. Um, but I do feel like, um, you know, Texas is going to be a team to reckon with. But in the postseason, that's when I'm going to really worry about them. But as of right now, in the regular season, really, they're only I mean, they're fighting Houston and Seattle and technically the Angels. I think the Angels, I mean, the way they look today, it was awful. Uh, Brad and I were watching the Angels and and uh, Braves and Giolito, one of the guys that they just the Angels just traded for. He absolutely mm-hmm. gave it up. <laughs> um, and uh, it got worse and worse as they pulled them out. So it was just a yeah. uh, uh, very big uh, uh, downfall there for for the Angels today. But with Otani and then Trout should be coming back. Uh, I think late August. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the angels can finish, but their run differential is really bad. It's a plus 17. Wow. So, um, but Seattle, they're still in the mix. I still don't trust them. Uh, so really that's why I say the Rangers are fighting Houston and I really like the Rangers roster over Houston. And I think the way that the Rangers play is a little more sustainable than, um, than the astros right now at least to get in the postseason we'll see i i'm i would trust houston more in the postseason still um Mm -hmm. that's because of the experience but uh right now the rangers they look really good and honestly i put them at four because they just got max scherzer and uh, that run differential is still really good and brad i couldn't agree more baltimore is the cleveland of last year i think so i think they're just not ready um and then number five I, di- you know, I almost did put the Houston, but I'm going to, I'm going to show some love and I don't need to, but I'm going to show some love to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, we were very low on them after they had fallen behind. They were, I think they were at one point in third place in the NL West yeah. uh, behind Arizona and San Francisco, um, but they are a big time consistent team. Uh, They are continuing to, to get these wins. Um, Their schedule actually is pretty lax right now. Right now they're facing like Oakland and um, you know, of course they're going to face like the Padres, but they've actually been kind of owning the Padres this year. Um, And um, you know, the giants games are going to be fun, but they pretty much own the giants too. Uh, I think the diamondbacks are the team that they would really have to worry about. But then when they face the Rockies, I'm not too worried about that. So listen and i put them over houston because that that one little stat that i love so much is that run differential plus 92 um Mm -hmm. listen like i said and i've said all year it's impressive that they basically have done this without kershaw um who is constantly injured now they've done it without walker bueller um and um san francisco and san francisco has been kind of nipping at their uh at their heels a little bit and the doctors do not waver at all this is a very strong team this is a very experienced team and they know what they need to do they know when to turn it on they know when to turn it off this is a very well experienced team i Mm -hmm. like them a lot as a as a baseball club um as a fan i hate them so much and i i hope they lose it all i hope they just get on they just lose the remainder of their games but it's not going to happen realistically the dodgers are probably going to win the nl west um unless all of a sudden san francisco turns it on even more or arizona but arizona's starting to fall back a little bit which is what honestly Clark and I predicted we said that we don't think they're going to sustain it and right now they're starting to kind of you're starting to see them slip through the cracks a little bit I mean San Francisco Mm -hmm. and Arizona are playing right now which I don't have the score but I'll get that up right now because now it's uh, a
0: four to two top of the eighth with two outs as of right now
1: Giants ahead
0: Giants ahead so if they can can hold tight then they'll uh, they'll essentially be at 60 wins but Dodgers are up right now eight to one on the uh, Oakland A's. So,
1: all right. So uh, there. So one more time for me. I have the Braves at one, the Rays at two, the Orioles at three, Rangers at four, and rounding out the top five is the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: All right, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm actually proud of you that you didn't put Dodgers at like second or something like that just because I know I know that technically there are tribals, but I think because you're married to a Dodgers fan, you kind of give them a little you give them a lot of uh, a lot of love that I don't think they deserve. But hey,
1: well, let me tell you this. Let me argue this. Are the Dodgers always in the postseason? They are. They are. So. People can get mad at me, they can say, "Oh, you're kind of they're always in the postseason. they're always yeah. in the push for the World Series." I mean, the facts are facts. I hate it. I'm a Giants mm-hmm. fan. Yes, my wife is a Dodger fan, but if I said that the Dodgers were last place, you know, my wife would expect that me putting them in the top five she she understands that i re- I can actually respect a baseball team, and so that's it's what I do. I respect the teams that deserve it. So
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media to get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0-10 to scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal and it lets you know right at the time of purchase and right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order and we hope to see you at the next Game moving on to our annual segment. Drew, you want to take it over from here?
1: Absolutely not, sir. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, so do you want to start AFC or NFC?
0: Let's do the good old AFC. I think that one will be fun because, uh, I don't know about you, man, but I struggled trying to come up with who I thought was going to take away that division. And uh, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I feel like it's going to be a lot more competitive in the AFC North this year. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I feel that way. I will say this. I'm very low on Cleveland. Yeah. I I'm actually not high on them. Like I normally am. Yeah. The way that Deshaun Watson played last year kind of concerned me. Mm -hmm. Um, and defensively, even with miles Garrett, I'm a little I'm a little hesitant on this team this year and
0: yeah.
1: their receivers I'm not like super into mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I just yeah it's yeah, I'm a little concerned about the Browns so I'm very I'm actually surprisingly very low on the on the Browns and mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty high on the Steelers so
0: yeah you know what if I had to summarize it I'm not terribly low on the Browns, but I don't think they're going anywhere and Steelers. I think they're going to be much improved from last year. And, uh, I, I feel like that this division is probably going to be the most competitive, um, of the bunch. I think that they're solid teams. They're just one has got to be last place and there's only going to be one first place team. So it's kind of, you know, each game is really going to matter within these teams and the division games, nonetheless, as well. I think those are going to be super pivotal as well. So yeah.
1: And also, I have noticed that there's going to be a few teams that I'm probably going to have it like 15 and two. And I'm like, mm, I'm yeah, to gotta tape, that. Gotta so that not in this bit. division or or yeah. the next division, but. I can see in future I'm kind of like oh this is a win easily oh this yeah. is a win easily and then I'm like dude they have to lose at point. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> I can kind of foresee some uh, some interesting things that I'm going to have to kind of uh, maneuver so.
0: Yeah, same. All right, so let me just kick us off here. I'm going to go 4 to 1. So I'm going to okay. go 4th place to 1st place. Uh 4th place I have Cleveland Browns. I have them with an 8 and 9 record, losing wow. record. Yes. Okay. I Here's why, though I think that they have a okay defense. Nick Chubb, I think, is elite. I think that they have a good offensive line. You are I, so
1: in love with Nick Chubb.
0: You were so in love I with. I mean, him. he's consistent. I don't know what else you want him to do. He's consistent, anyways. And uh, I agree. The Deshaun Watson thing bugs me, and I don't think Stefanski is going to last after this season. So, um, I have Pittsburgh at number three at ten and seven. So I think that they are going to be improved from last year. I think, uh, with their receivers, I think they're going to be improved. Their defense, I think is going to be better and healthy. And I think they're going to be extremely competitive. They may not be great on the road, which is majority of their games to me are going to be on the road that they lose and to good competitive teams. But, um, I feel like Pittsburgh is, uh, at least going to be 500 and maybe making a wild card push. Number two, this is going to probably shock you the most, Drew. Um, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. What? Yes, but hold on, hold on, keep don't going, keep don't going. get your don't get your knickers twisted here. I got him at eleven and six. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, Joe Burrow having the uh, calf injury does change a little things. He will be healthy by the regular season, from all accounts. Um, I just think that they have a very competitive schedule. I mean, they open at. Cleveland. They are on the road to the Ravens in week two. They've got to play in San Francisco. They have a Thursday night in Baltimore. They got to play at home against Jacksonville. I just think they have a really competitive schedule with some competitive teams that I think have improved and I think the Bengals are a good team. I think they're a potential playoff team, maybe even wild card depending on how schedules play out in injury, but I have them finishing the division number two. And so number one I have the Baltimore Ravens finishing number one at 11 and six. I have them tying, but I have them taking the division. Um, I love that they signed OBJ. I feel like they did a lot to address some weapons. I feel like he's going to elevate that offense. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a very good season coming up. Um, And I just feel like Baltimore has this, uh, you know, this energy about them that has rejuvenated them. And I feel like that their defense is going to be better. I feel like that it's going to motivate the offense. And I feel like Baltimore is going to be a team in the AFC and specifically in the North that is going to surprise a lot of people. And I think that it's going to be their year uh, in this division that year. So that's what I have in the North.
1: All right, so I will do what you did. I will go four to one here. So in fourth place in the AFC North, I have the Cleveland Browns. Like I said, I'm very low on them. I have mm-hmm. them at five and twelve. Wow. Uh, yes. Um, all of, I I could see how they could get to eight and nine. So I, I'm not saying that I think that my prediction is completely right, but just looking at the schedule and how things would go um i think there are some times where they could play down to the competition um where they should be you know playing how they normally play and i can just see some easy losses and then all of a sudden it starts slipping away because there's there's a stretch where they're like away for one i want to say it was like i guess it's only two weeks i'm sorry but it's like they face baltimore not baltimore denver and the los angeles rams Mm -hmm. which i think are two very tough places to play um and then they have to face jacksonville after that that's week 12 13 and 14 so that's a pretty tough ask just right then and there and then also in week 11 the week before they play Denver, they play Pittsburgh. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a pretty tough schedule. Um, So that's kind of why I'm very low on the Browns is mainly because of how the schedule is working out for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to go well. So that's why I have them at five and 12. Um, I have Pittsburgh at number three with eight and nine. Like I said, I'm pretty high on them. I think they are uh, a very good team.
0: Hold on. You Um, think eight wins is high for them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: I mean, Mike Tomlin. Okay. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah um, but number two, I have Baltimore Ravens at 10 and seven. Okay. And then, um, at, uh, number one, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at 11 and six.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say like 15 and two or something. No,
1: no. <laughs> okay. So I told you it wasn't this division. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I guess I'm hung up on the Steelers. So you don't think that they're going to win more than eight
1: i don't because i do feel like this division is very strong so Mm -hmm. most of this division is pretty much splitting games yeah same um they start their their season off with the 49ers so i think that's an ultimate loss Mm -hmm. i think they beat las vegas or okay so i think they win uh against the browns in week two because i do it's in pittsburgh so i feel like that's just a win yeah.
0: um,
1: week three they go to Vegas to play the Raiders I think that's a win for the Steelers mm-hmm. um, Week four they go to Houston I think it's actually a loss I do think that after playing the Raiders um, they might be on a high but it's two weeks in a row I feel like Houston can get one on them uh, where they don't see it coming mm-hmm. uh, week five it's they play Baltimore in in uh, Pittsburgh or, sorry it's uh is it yeah it's Pittsburgh. Uh, so I, I think, uh, I think they'll get the win there. Then they get a week off and then they face the Rams. Yeah. I almost put that as a win for them, but Mm. I just feel like it's in LA. They are coming off of a buy. I could see them winning this game, but I just kind of wanted to give the Rams the win on this one just because it is in Los Angeles. And That's yeah. usually kind of one of my deciding factors. And I believe in Stafford more than Pickett, and that's kind yeah. of a tiebreaker for me. Um then they face Jacksonville in week eight. I think that's a loss. Um yeah. uh they face Tennessee in week nine in Pittsburgh, I think that's a win for them. Mm-hmm. Um week ten in Pittsburgh against Green Bay, win. Um Week 11 at Cleveland, loss. Week 12 at Cincinnati, loss. Then they come home and play Arizona. I think that's a win. So New England they face. I think New England can get them. uh, Win against Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they win against Cincinnati. And then they lose against Seattle and lose against Baltimore to end their year.
0: So Brad said that Pittsburgh and Cleveland are going to tie in their first meeting. <laughs>
1: <That> <laughs> yeah, it seems funny. like it happens every single year. Yeah, every no single year. So,
0: so this is yeah. Kind of I
1: just I just feel like um, there's there's a lot. I gave like new. I could see the New England game swinging. Yeah. I could see the Seattle game swinging. Um, I honestly could see Arizona. I could see them losing to Arizona at some point. Like Arizona just gets one on them because mm-hmm. they were away away and then they get home. And yeah. so they kind of relax and all of a sudden they lose. So I-, I can see how some of these games um could get switched. But my first initial feeling, uh, mm-hmm. my process that I go through, I just feel like um, Pittsburgh. I don't think a lot of people look at Pittsburgh and go, this is going to be a great team. I think they yeah. look at Kenny Pickett and go, he's all right you know he's fine he's not ben roethlisberger he's um he's not mason rudolph so that's um, a fact yeah so you know there there could be some good wins here i could see a a way where pittsburgh could get in but i really do feel like this afc north is really tough i mean lamar jackson is still in baltimore if he Mm -hmm. wasn't i would have a different feeling about pittsburgh but you know cincinnati and baltimore those i i had to have them my top two and this is kind of how i figured uh i was going to have the afc north what i do is i normally kind of write down who i think is going to be first second third and fourth mm-hmm. and then i ultimately write who i actually have and it came out how i thought it would so um yeah to me this isn't really a, a surprise but
0: i don't know okay I love how two years in a row you picked Baltimore to win the division and I picked Cincinnati. And now this year we flopped that because I picked Baltimore winning this division. Cause I keep getting have-
1: boned yeah. by Baltimore. I keep, <laughs> and I keep forgetting that Lamar Jackson gets hurt every year. So, but well, I will I'd say this. For- I'm going to put a pushback on, you were saying that Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. uh, the calf injury might say the guy had off season surgery last year, Looked awful for the first like two weeks and then all of yeah. a sudden was just like Joe Burrow again. I don't think the so, calf injury is going to really do that.
0: So let me just say I don't think that Joe Burrow is going to lessen his play. I just think like they were off to a slow start last season and he had, you know, off-season surgery. He made it into week one. It was just they came out slow. I feel like they're going to come out slow. I also don't know what their run game is going to look like because Joe Mixon may have just gotten like a one-year extension, but he didn't play very well for most of the first half of the season. I think that they're going to be a very good and competitive football team. They're going to be contenders, but I just don't know if like in the early part of the season, they're going to, they're going to do as well as people say they should. Like I have them losing at, at on the road to the Browns and losing to the Ravens but I have them then following that on a four game winning streak and then their next loss comes from in San Fran cuz I think San Francisco's defense is really really good and they have a really explosive offense and I don't know if the Brown or excuse me if uh the Bengals have an answer for their explosive offense but again we're we're predicting schedules here with no information outside of like what we know of as of today. So this could all look like nothing. The Bengals could go 16, 17 and zero before we know it, or they can go zero and 17. That's just basically what we're working with. But I just think that they're going to be a slow start and then they'll pick it up. They're going to do what the Bengals do and they're going to be competitive. I just think that, you know, they're still going to win 11 games, which is what you have, but I just think that Baltimore is going to be right there with them. And I feel like Baltimore has addressed a lot of their uh, weapons issue. And I think their run game is going to be better. And I think that they are going to make a push for the North, in my opinion. So.
1: Uh, Yeah. I think they're going to be around there. I think they're definitely going to get, wild card spot well yeah i shouldn't say that yet because i haven't done all my predictions yet. same so.
0: same same i
1: don't want to use a wild
0: card or not a wild card yet. i think they're at least in no the running
1: yeah i think they're at least in the running and uh for you uh, giants excuse me you giants fan who's who are listening giants one four to Woo-hoo. two
0: so there you nice. go all right drew so i kicked off the afc why don't you kick off the nfc
1: um no
0: Wow, you're um, very combative tonight. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, it's Brad's fault. Um, <laughs> I'm very low on this division. I thought I would be a little bit higher. Yeah, but same. I'm kind of like I don't know with this division. I'm kind of like I don't trust. I don't trust Minnesota. I don't trust Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay. I don't really trust now without Aaron Rodgers. Chicago. I would not- I would not I be
0: surprised it. if you tell me that every team has a losing record in this division. No, I would not be surprised.
1: <laughs> no, I don't have that. I do not have that, but I'm not, I'm just not high on, on all these teams. I really am going to be again, Brad, I'm very sorry, but I'm really going to be rooting for Detroit this year. I think um, it would be so cool to see Detroit in the postseason. I think it's well-deserved. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know how Dan Campbell, um, you know, came in and everyone was like, this guy is an absolute joke. Um, and he not only just came in and changed the whole culture of Detroit, but now everyone loves him. And yeah. everyone is like, dude, this team is like legit. This team is, it's hard to get on now. Um, I, I'm really going to root for them. I know Brad Bears, but uh, Bears suck. <laughs> so... <laughs> Where's, where is, uh, not, not Ethan. Where's Clark
0: when you need him. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he was, he was super high on the
0: bears. <laughs> yeah. He had them, I think in the wild card. Didn't he, going didn't he have playoffs. Justin
1: Fields, uh, MVP contender?
0: <laughs> you know what? I can't say that that's too much of a stretch. It just, you know, I don't know. But anyways, why don't you, uh, uh, kick us off.
1: All right. I'm going to go one to four. Because uh, it's going to be easier doing it this way. So okay. uh, number one in the division is uh, the 9-8 and eight Minnesota Vikings. I think they are going to be in first place. Um, okay. I actually have Detroit Lions at 9-8 and eight at 2. So I do think they are going to be tied first. I mm-hmm. just put the Vikings over because... If I'm going to trust one or the other teams, I'm going to trust the Vikings a little bit more because they were a really good team last year, but I do think they're going to have a regression because we kept saying that the Vikings were not as good as the way they were playing, and it was a, mm-hmm. it was a definite, oh, yeah, we were right on that when they were out in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, But all in all, I still would put the Vikings over the Lions right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. At number three, this may shock you. I don't know. Um, I have the Chicago Bears at six and 11. Um, I do think they double their wins. I think they are going to get a little bit better. Their defense is really good, um, Mm -hmm. but their offensive line still scares me. I'm not completely sold on Justin Fields. I really like watching Justin Fields play, but he just has some mental breakdowns where it doesn't look great. So, um, you know, I'm not sure I'm, I'm there yet with, uh, with Clark, but I, I do root for him because I remember watching the QB one show, um, Mm -hmm. on, uh, Netflix, ironically, where it was following these top high school kids and Justin Fields was on there and I really liked him. I thought he was, he was a definite team player, um you know he's kind of this new age type quarterback uh kid so you know he's got a little edge to him but um you know all in all his guys really fall in love with him i mean you see it in high school then you see it at ohio state and then you see it here in chicago Uh, Mm -hmm. these guys root for him so i'm rooting for him as well um, but i do think that um, unfortunately the team that he's around i don't think is There quite yet, but he did get he did gain a little bit uh, more offensive weapons, but again, that offensive line really concerns me. And now I'm not really sure on the run game um, because they did lose. I don't think um, Montgomery is on there who I think was more of their power back. So Montgomery signed
0: with Detroit, I think, or uh, was it Detroit? Yeah, I think it was Detroit. He signed with them in the off season. uh,
1: And then number four, I have uh, the green Bay Packers at five and 12. Um, I try to give them as many wins as I could, and it was really hard to find some wins. I'm not going to lie. And this team is with Jordan Love. I really am rooting for Jordan Love because he's a kid who came out of the Mountain West who um, played against, I, we watched against Fresno State, and he was really, really talented. Um, so I root for him. I hope he's successful. He's had a lot of years uh, under Aaron Rodgers. So. Unfortunately, as much as we should give this guy like at least a couple of years to see what he has, he kind of doesn't have that because he has been behind Aaron Rodgers for like three, four years now. So it's kind of like you got to put up or shut up, you Mm -hmm. know, it's one or the other right now you you're going to have to. Um, do something for Green Bay to stay the quarterback. So, um, but I do think that this team is a little too talented for them to just go over or like be the worst team in the, in, in the league. I don't think they're there. Um, but um, all in all, I do think that the Green Bay Packers are going to be the worst team in the division.
0: All right. Well, I don't really have too much to push back on you on. We pretty much, well, actually, no we we have the teams finishing the exact same order, just different records. So. Uh I'll run through it relatively quickly here. So I have Minnesota. I have them at 10 and 7. I do have them winning the division but at 10 wins. So we're only a game off, so not yeah. too bad. Uh Detroit, I have them going 9 and 8 as well. Uh I don't know if I have them in the wild card yet cuz I got to finish the rest of this, but uh I have them barely squeaking by 9 and 8. I know that there's a lot of hype around them. I know that they're a fun team. I want to taper a little bit of expectation because we had the same feeling last year. And I don't know if they are better than they were last year, but I know that they're getting a lot of good pieces and their defense is now changed quite, quite a deal. They have new secondary, Um, you know, we'll see how their defense kind of shapes up, but knowing Dan Campbell, they will be ready though. We'll just see if they're prepared and ready to Mm -hmm. take that, take that leap. So we'll see. Uh number 3 I have the Bears. Uh I have them at 8 and 9. So I did say when we were wow. talking with uh, Ethan and Clark that I wasn't sure if they were like a 9 or a playoff team win, but I think they get 7 to 8 wins, I'd say 8 wins. I think they're going to scrap go, their way to, Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to scrap their way to 8 wins and I do think that Justin Fields will have a positive step forward. Now here's the problem though. Justin Fields is kind of behind everybody, let's hype let's say because of the regime that he's was in. And then now his new coach and stuff is trying to get him confidence to throw the ball more down the field. Now he's got uh you know, a little bit better of an offensive line, a, a new weapon in DJ Morris. We'll see how that all plays out. But I do think that Justin Fields will take a step forward. I don't know MVP caliber step forward, but I think he'll be a very productive running back and especially a dual threat because he was killing opponents with his, uh, with his legs last year. And I think now with, you know, again, some offensive weapons that'll change the dynamic. So, and I got to say, man, you were way higher on the green Bay Packers than I were, uh, I tried to find them as many wins as possible too. And I was only able to find three. So I have them finishing at a three and 14 record. I'm rooting for Jordan love as well. I just, you know, with their young receivers, with their defense, Jordan loves first year with, uh, Matt Lafleur's offense. I'm hoping that he has a productive year, but he's definitely going to go through his uh, woes as a first time starter. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if green Bay uh, basically, you know, tanks for Caleb Williams, because that's essentially what they'd be playing for. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very competitive at all this season. So that's what I have. So uh, Minnesota Vikings, 10 and seven Detroit lions, nine and eight Chicago bears, eight and nine green Bay Packers, three and 14. The only pushback
1: I will give you is about the Packers, and I just feel like the Packers are going to realize maybe too late that Jordan Love is not going to be their guy, or Mm -hmm. they're going to see that, okay, Jordan Love is our guy, just not this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of why I don't think they're going to be in the running of Kayla Williams. Not saying that I think you're like, oh, you're you're, um, (laughs) dead wrong. you're absolutely wrong and, and you know, there's no way they're going after Caleb Williams, but I do feel like they really are trying to put everything into this year that they possibly can into Jordan love without trying to sell the absolute farm. Yeah. Um, Because I think they, they've spent so many years with Jordan love and Mm -hmm. um, you know, It's like, okay, why did we trade for him? We kind of have to show that we're in on him. So I just feel like it's going to be a little too late by the time they're like, okay, this is not going to work. And it's going to be like, well, shoot, we're already at five wins or, you know, four wins or something. And, uh, you know, there's a team that only has two wins. So like we're going to have to lose every other game and... I'm not sure the other team can win a couple of games in that time. So just that's kind of my assumption. That's kind of my uh, thought is I just, I think it's going to be kind of the late realization of, okay, we're not going to get Jordan love, but, or we're not going to get Caleb Williams. But I do also feel like there's a possibility that Jordan love could actually work out really well. And Mm -hmm. maybe they're better than what we think they are. I don't think Unless Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes, and if he is, we are going to be like, why in the hell was Aaron Rodgers not let go way earlier?
0: Sure. Um,
1: So I don't think he's that caliber. So if that is the case, I just feel like there's going to be a couple of years where we're going to see Jordan Love in in the Green Bay Packers uniform. um, But if we see that slow, okay, he's getting better and better. He's getting that experience. um, You're going to see the Packers, although may not be – you know, playoff potential type team, but I do think you will see them slowly progress and get better and better. And, and, um, you know, they're going to start getting, uh, they'll start being a, a good team towards, um, you know, the later years. But I think this next year, they're not going to sniff the playoffs. Uh, no matter if Jordan love is playing really good. I just yeah. don't think if you have a Patrick Mahomes type talent, he's not sitting on the bench. You're not, yeah. you're not, you know, flirting with the idea of keeping Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be like, nope, we're good. See ya. Yeah. Um, so I think his best is still not going to get the, this Packers team to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I would not be surprised if the Packers traded for, or found a way to acquire Trey Lance from 49ers at some form or fashion like let's say Jordan Love doesn't work out I would not be surprised if in the offseason next season Trey Lance maybe gets dealt over to Green Bay I mean I'm not saying I know anything but that would I would not be surprised if the if the Packers did that so
1: how funny would it be if uh if uh, the Jets all of a sudden are like, you know what, we don't want Aaron Rodgers anymore. And Green Bay is like, we'll take him back.
0: Yeah. Oh, they probably <laughs> and would.
1: There's no way it's going to happen. But I just. No. I was just thinking, like, that would be so funny. Just imagine yeah. the Packers,
0: like, come on back. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. All right, Drew. So I pitched this to you earlier this week, and I've been really excited for it. So <laughs> fantasy football is around the corner, you guys. If you guys are not in a league, get into a league. Drew, our league is going to start in a few weeks, actually, both of our leagues. And, uh, I would not be surprised if I ask if you want to join a third league, so keep your phone on, but anyways, so, okay, good. So anyways, so it got us, well, me thinking of some creative drafts. And so I figured we would kick off some fun fantasy drafts. And tonight's theme will be drafting the best players that have never won a championship. Drew, we're going to go five rounds and we're going to pick team or you're going to pick your best five, and then we'll go in order. We're going to do a coin flip so that way we get see who gets the number 1 pick. So Drew, call it. Heads. And we got a heads. So Drew, you get the first pick. Oh my god. And we're going to go snake order. So
1: Okay, wait. So what what are the sports that we have to stay within?
0: Basketball, football, baseball. That's it.
1: Basketball, baseball.
0: NFL, NBA, and uh MLB.
1: Okay, I'm gonna start with a homer pick because I don't even know if he's even on your list. Go ahead. And this is my this is my favorite player of all time in baseball history. Um, Someone I always looked up to. I know people are gonna give me hate because uh, he was on steroids. Never confirmed, by the way. Um, I'm gonna go with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the home run leader. Yes, I said it. He is the home run leader.
0: Mm -hmm. In Major
1: League Baseball, I know Major League Baseball wants to put an asterisk on it, but they want to put an asterisk on everything. So, anyway, um, this team should have, uh, the Giants should have won the uh, World Series in 2002. They lost a lot of steam, and we absolutely died against the Angels. I remember watching it, which shout-outs, shout-out Central Valley, by the way. There was a guy named Troy Gloss who was on the angels team. He actually just got signed as the head coach of the baseball team at Buchanan high school. So congratulations to the central Valley and Detroit glass for, for getting a absolute beast of a, uh, baseball program in the central Valley and Buchanan high school. I and mean, if you don't know what Buchanan high school is, they're the guys who have, who produced Justin Wilson, who mm-hmm. won a, uh, uh, who won the college world series for Fresno state as the closer who ended up being a closer for a couple of years with the Yankees. Uh, he was a closer for the Cubs, the pirates. Um, I can't name all the teams that he's been with, but uh, Justin Wilson, he's a product of, of uh, Buchanan. There's actually a lot of other guys, but Justin Wilson's the only one that comes to mind right now. So anyway,
0: yeah.
1: Um. So shout out to, to them. Anyway, uh, Barry bonds, my number one, Like I said, he's the home run leader. This guy walked more than he struck out. Um, I don't think that's 100% accurate. But this has always, always been my argument that he is the first player and only player to ever hit 500 home runs and have 500 stolen bases in a career. Mm -hmm. He is the only player who has ever reached that right now. And the guy is not considered for the Hall of Fame. And again, I know, well, he was on steroids. Listen, he became a 500-500 guy before he came on steroids. He deserved better teams than he got in San Francisco. Um, He should have won um, a championship. And he is one of those guys that I will forever be sick to my stomach that never won a uh, World Series title because this guy was... The best we had ever seen at hitting the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think I know a lot of people gush about Otani. Listen, Otani is is fantastic, but Barry Bonds, this guy would hit 320 and hit as many more home runs than Otani, and he walked way more than Otani does. So he was he was the best hitter I've ever seen. Still to this day, mm-hmm. he's absolutely ridiculous. Barry Bonds is my number one pick.
0: So funny story is I was actually going to pick Barry Bonds first overall, if you just happened to skip him, but you know, couldn't put it past
1: you. you. No, you weren't. No, I swear to me. So
0: funny thing is he actually was the inspiration for this draft. So, because I had seen obviously the statistics on him and truthfully, he was a hall of famer before he got to the giants. And then he went to the giants after Pittsburgh and just solidified himself. And the fact that he's not in the hall of fame, is kind of boo boo but anyways he was the inspiration of like players that have never won a championship he was the first one i thought of and i was like oh i bet we would have fun doing this little fantasy draft of that so so yes he would have been my first pick as well so okay I'll still call
1: lines but that's, right.
0: that's fine you can call whatever <laughs> you want it's not the it's whatever okay so here's what's fun i actually have like a list of like 20 something that i can pick from so it's kind of Tough to determine. Who I would Twenty say. days day I yeah. wrote
1: down because I'm the best.
0: I am. Thank you for <laughs> re- thank you for recognizing that. Uh, so, gosh, who do I want to go with? You know what? I think I'm gonna go with a little Homer pick as well. Since you did one, I'm gonna go with Tim Brown, uh, Hall of Famer, of course, former uh, Raiders receiver. I think uh, he would be uh, my first overall pick for one of the best players who never won a championship. He came close though, with uh, the Raiders in the O two season against Tampa Bay. He also teammates with Jerry rice and top 10 in all time receiving, which we actually played a fun game with the backseat uh, guys and found that out. So Tim Brown would be my first pick and I will stand on that Hill that it's a Homer pick. So
1: it's all right man It honestly it's a really good pick because he's one of the most underrated receivers of all time
0: yeah
1: i mean we even we didn't even know he was top 10 and yeah we were like, oh crap it's, <laughs> well, i it's can't believe why forget about him
0: quietly but the he top was 10
1: so good for so many years um mm-hmm. i don't i don't hate that pick i mean hey maybe because it's a homer pick but i i really love that pick so good all for right. you all right i'm gonna go with an obvious one um I got to go with Dan Marino. Listen, Dan Marino, in my opinion, I think at times was better than John Elway. Um, but he never had the teams that John Elway had. Um, yeah. I think the arm talent was, I would say it's, it's, it's closer to Patrick Mahomes. um, and his body type was almost like a, um, almost like a Ben Roethlisberger, but a little shorter, not as obviously not as fat. But he was a yeah. strong dude. I mean, this guy was—he was never a skinny quarterback. He was always a big dude, and and he took a lot of hits. And unfortunately, I'm gonna kind of poo-poo on Miami right now. But unfortunately, he was in Miami. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, oh. yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> He was there for a long time.
1: Yeah, Dan Marino, I think it's a shame that this guy was so talented. It would be, in my opinion right now, I think it would be like if Justin Herbert never won a championship. And I know as a Raider fan, that's like, how could you? But listen, Justin Herbert is such a talented quarterback. Like if he never wins, it's going to be kind of a shame. Hopefully he wins with another team other than Chargers, Chiefs, or... Broncos. Um, <laughs> but, um, if he does win one, hopefully, um, hopefully he can win one in his career. Cause I think he's just so talented and, um, just on a underachieving team. So I'm going to go with Dan Marino.
0: All right. Well, you went with an obvious one in the NFL. I'm going to go with an obvious one in the NBA. I'm going to say Charles Barkley. He's one of the top 50 all-time NBA players and, I don't think people realize how great of a player he was back then. I mean, he helped lead the Suns to the NBA Finals. Ultimately, lost to Michael Jordan, but you know, for a long time, he was like aggressive in the paint, rebounder, a scorer. He did everything for the Phoenix Suns for a long time. I believe he also teamed up with Elijah Wan and Clyde Drexler in in Houston for a little bit of time, but you know a lot of people know him as an analyst, but people really underestimate how great of a player he was. So I'm going to say Barkley as my second pick. Okay.
1: Um, so I'm going to stick with the NFL. Cause I'm kind of curious who your number three is going to be. I'm going to go with Barry Sanders. Barry mm, Sanders a great one. was my very favorite running back, uh, growing up, uh, watching football. I love watching Barry Sanders, he was something we had never, ever seen before. And now it mm-hmm. just comes like that's just what you're supposed to do as a running back. Now, like he changed the running back position. The dude was absolutely filthy. The The Lions should have never, ever sniffed um, postseason play or never sniffed as many wins as they did if it wasn't for Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders yeah. was ridiculously good. The dude changed – the nfl i mean forever um you know i i was so sad when i heard that he was retiring because i just felt like he was the best for so many years Mm -hmm. dude was shifty dude was fast i mean i can't remember a time where barry sanders was tackled on the very first tackle like i just remember him (laughs) always breaking the first tackle whether it was for a loss or not yeah he just it always seemed like every time he touched the ball he never went down in the first tackle it was always the second tackler um and um god he was just man he was nice and that's all i can say he was yeah. just so nice um I, i'm gonna go with barry sanders at three
0: for me all right so this one is a bit of a, I wouldn't say a reach. I'm really, I'm, I'm more than happy to make this one. And I hope that you appreciate it just because it, it'll kind of reminisce about our childhood, but I'm going to go with uh it's a baseball pick. Ken Griffey, Jr. Uh, the greatest swing in baseball. I actually remember him the most seeing him with his backwards hat in the home run derby. And then yeah. he was so great on the Mariners. And then when he went to the Reds, still as still as great. And I don't know why, but he just has has been ingrained in my childhood in terms of like a great baseball player, fun to see, very very likable, very much a uh, the face of the league, and he has without a doubt, the sweetest swing of all time, arguably in all of the majors um, and i I think it's a shame that he well, it's not a shame, but I, I'm really glad that there's a lot of great baseball players that recognize how great of a player he is and it's just a shame that he was never able to get a championship. And I think one of the cool things too is when he was younger in his career him being able to play some games with his dad when they were both on the Mariners. And uh funny thing is I actually saw a clip today where um it was I think when I can't remember if his dad was playing for the Yankees or against the Yankees and he told a story about how he sit in a dugout and uh, it was just him and another and another kid. And apparently, George Steinbrenner told uh, an attendant to get uh, Ken Griffey Jr. out of the dugout because he didn't want anybody there. And uh, Ken Griffey Sr. No- took note of that, and so did Ken Griffey Jr. And so he told a fan that if... Every other team didn't want to sign him, but only the Yankees offered a contract. He said, I'd retire. I wouldn't sign with the Yankees no matter what. And I just thought that was so funny. And yep. just a perfect synopsis of like King Griffey as he was is an integrity. So
1: it's absolutely going ham on Coco Melon. Um So I, um, with my number four pick, I'm going to go with um, maybe someone that you didn't have written down. Um, I think I don't you're know. on
0: number three.
1: Now I'm on 4. I have Bonds, Marino, Sanders.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot to write down Sanders. Okay, go ahead 4. So my number 4 pick
1: is going to be, this might be another shocker, but uh, I'm going to go with Tony Gwynn of the San Diego oh, Padres. Man,
0: he was on my list. Okay, good. One. Um,
1: as much as Ken Griffey Jr. changed the game and is kind of what the players are now, mm-hmm. Tony Gwen was the purest hitter I've ever seen. I don't remember him striking out. Um, I don't ever remembering remembering him not getting a hit at least once in a game. Yeah. Uh, now listen, I never watched the Padres every single day. Um, I was a Giants fan. I always watched the Giants, but every time the Giants faced Tony Gwynn, he always was getting a hit. Um, you know, he wasn't the biggest like power hitter of all time, mm-hmm. but. He's one of those guys where he was the closest to ever come to hitting four hundred that anyone has ever done, which was a ninety-four. Yeah, Mm ninety-four, where he hit three ninety-four, which is just wow. Ungodly. I mean, just and then like I always see a lot of videos coming up where Tony Gwen uh, was talking to kids on like how to hit and like I'll watch those videos and then like I'll be playing with my son baseball and I'll be like, I'm I'm going to do what Tony Gwen said. just kind of curious of what it looks like. And just, it's amazing. Just like the little things that he, he was able to explain to you that he was able to, um, tell kids or people or, you know, teammates, whatever it is, how to hit. And it's just like, it seems so easy to him, Mm -hmm. but when he talks about it, you're just like, Oh dude, this guy, he, Oh, my God. Like, he just knew how to, how to get the best. Like, this guy worked at it so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Gwynn is one of those guys that I don't care if he was with the rival team. This guy deserved a championship. He was yeah. so amazing. Um, he actually was really good friends with Barry Bonds um, for a long time because great recognizes great um and tony gwen was one of those guys who just was in awe of what barry bonds could do and bonds vice versa he was always in awe of what tony gwen he always uh, barry bonds would always have interviews talking about i could never do what tony gwen does i could never hit the way he does it's ridiculous how he does it yeah and gwen would say the same thing and bonds would just chuckle because he's like dude I could never hit 400. There's no way. <laughs> and so it's just, it, it, Tony Gwynn is one of the best players to ever play in major league baseball. I think he is so underrated. He's not talked about enough because he wasn't this power home run hitter. Um, he was more of this base hit guy, but mm-hmm. as a kid growing up, when you're learning baseball, these guys don't want you to learn how to hit home runs. They want you to learn how to hit, uh, base hits, line drives, uh find the holes and um Tony Gwynn was the guy
0: to watch. Yeah. So. That's a good one. All right. So, my number 4, I'm going to go with Allen Iverson. You know, he you want to talk about someone who changed the game. I think in basketball, you know, he made it he made it a point to make your ball handling a strength and, you know, he's known for pound pound for pound being like the best NBA player, just because he was not afraid of anything. He would go right to the rack. He'd also, you know, had all these dribble combinations to where he'd get a mid range shot. And, you know, in the 2001 NBA finals against the Lakers that had a ridiculous playoff run, they went, uh, I think it was like 15 and one or 16 and one, the one loss that they had was against the 76ers in that playoffs with Allen Iverson. I believe he had to score like 50 points or 49 points or something like that. But Allen Iverson made basketball essentially cool for those that grew up in you know rough areas with the, with the elbow sleeve, with the headbands, with the, you know, I think he used the one that started like the compression pants and some other cool stuff. And not only that, but he was a phenomenal player on the 76ers. And then he got traded to the Nuggets and was a great player on there and helped him get to the playoffs when Carmelo Anthony was first in the league. So Alan Iverson is one of the great players that never won a championship. And he is number four. Uh, he's my fourth pick on this list.
1: Okay, so my number five, um, I'm actually between a few players, but I got to go a basketball player. Um, and it's just a guy that I always rooted for that. I, I really liked watching play, even though he was, well, he did end up on the Lakers, but I'm going to go with Steve Nash. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Steve Nash was the newer age when I was, you know, in high school he was the newer age john stockton um we always killed john stockton for not shooting much steve nash would shoot but he knew when to pick and choose when to do it john stockton it always seemed like he was more of the guy who um rather was seeking the assist rather than the shot um you know he was more the guy going to the mailman and carl malone but Steve Nash, although yes, he would defer to Amari Stoudemire a lot of the times, or you know uh, Dirk Nowitzki, or you know Kobe Bryant towards the end of his career, and and all that. Um, Steve Nash was was a guy who was just an old time teammate, and I feel like we lost what he was capable of doing because when he was the coach for the Brooklyn Nets, which now we know it really wasn't his fault he really didn't wasn't the issue there um you know i feel like we lost what what steve nash really was and steve nash was a absolute baller the dude just made some insane plays um and it was just simple moves it was basic moves that he just perfected so well that he knew who he was going to throw to, but you had to guess like you Mm -hmm. didn't know who he was going to throw to. Um, you know, he knew what he was going to do, you know, 10 steps before he was even across the half court line. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just kind of had to guess what he was going to do. He was, I think his ball handling skills was very underrated to be a point guard in the NBA, especially then where hand checking was still allowed. Um, And with the players getting better and better each and every year, I think was very underrated. Now he wasn't Allen Iverson type ball handler, but he was a guy I don't remember ever getting the ball stolen from him. I just feel like he was he was so good at um, keeping the ball, knowing how to get guys in the right spots, Um, you know. I just, you know, he he wasn't the best defender, but he also wasn't that big of a liability. To me, Allen Iverson a lot of the times was a liability defensively mm-hmm. um, in a lot of games. So, I, you know, my defer would be uh, Steve Nash over him, even though I, I was thinking about putting Allen Iverson on there just because you're right, he changed the game. He absolutely yeah. changed the game, and he would fit today's game so well. Yeah. So, um but, yeah, I'm going to go with Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash uh, was one of the players I used to love watching. Yeah. If he was ever on TV, I was always watching him because he was just – he made things happen. It wasn't mm-hmm. what he did. It's just that he played the game of basketball so well. He perfected just the the small things so well um, that he made the game exciting. He was Chris Paul before Chris Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Okay. So this is a tough one. Cause there is a bunch of players yeah. still that I can choose with the last pick. Um, but I'm going to give a couple of honorable mentions before I, before I do this. So got to give two honorable mentions, one to Ichiro. I think, uh, he's a player that we all grew up with at least good, good player. And then, uh, Jim Kelly, I think would, we'd be remiss four times going to the super bowl, not winning it. He's a player that you know, considered all time. Did you know that Ted Williams also never won a world, a championship in baseball? Yes, I did. It's absolutely crazy. Because,
1: uh, because of the, um, what is it? The black Sox scandal. Is that what it is called?
0: Yeah. yeah. Also Willie McCovey, uh, Willie McCovey, excuse me. Also another one of the players that's, uh, all time never won a championship in baseball. So I thought that was interesting. Yes.
1: Anyways, yes. A couple but of I can't, mentions. I can't have two giants on there. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just not that's not looking at uh, everyone else,
0: well that's ok. so this player, then former Raider, I'm going to go with Randy Moss. I think he is one of the greatest receivers in, in in NFL history. I think what was great is, you know, in Minnesota, there was no one that was going to stop him. Absolutely, no one was capable of stopping him or containing him. He then goes to the Raiders. He essentially had like a vacation for many of the seasons with us did not produce like what we were hoping for. And that was kind of the dark ages of the Raiders. And then he goes to new England and basically rejuvenates his career. Looks even better than when he was in Minnesota. Uh, And then, you know, I think he, he carried on having a really great year. And, you know, when he got older, he wasn't nearly as fast. He couldn't get off uh, the line of scrimmage as well. But I mean, no doubt he is one of the, NFL wide receivers that, that change the game or at least how teams look at receivers. You know, there's literally a segment on Monday night football called you got Moss" that pays homage to him every Monday about, you know, you going up there at the high point of the ball and, and taking it from a defender and, you know, you stealing basically the, the catch and making a highlight. Like when you have a segment or a, uh, Uh, a verb named for you uh, in terms of like in in your sport i mean all-time great and unfortunately never won a championship but he would be my fifth pick
1: it's a good one i would probably put tony gonzalez over him um tony gonzalez was just mr consistent uh randy moss had all the talent in the world but just yeah tony gonzalez was on some really bad chiefs teams which Thank God. Yeah, But, um, (laughs) you know, he was so talented. The dude was just, you knew he was going to get, I mean, Travis Kelsey numbers every time. Like, you knew he was going to have 10 catches, um, you know, over 100 yards. You knew he was going to have at least a touchdown in a game yeah i mean it was just a foregone conclusion there was no way of stopping tony gonzalez yeah um so i would probably put him over over randy moss not saying that's wrong but i
0: just know sure. i did
1: respect i did respect tony gonzalez uh game a little bit more than randy moss even though randy moss was phenomenal i mean god yeah i just you know uh the raiders year was a little the
0: disheartening ages. yeah yeah
1: it was a little disheartening but um God, when he went to New England and they had that sixteen oh run where they were going to the Super Bowl undefeated, it was just like you felt like, oh, it's gonna happen, and it was yeah. just a surprise that the Giants ended up winning that.
0: Yeah. Well, another player who I almost put on there, and I was literally forty-nine fifty-one, was Carmelo Anthony, and because he would, he's somebody that I was like, man, he never won a championship. And he's like top 10 in scoring. He's won all these Olympic gold medals. He's the only player I think in the Oh three draft along with, you know, Bosch Wade, LeBron James. Oh, and Chris Paul. So he's one of two that have never won a championship from that, from that draft yet out of those predominant players. And, you know, Chris Paul could have been another one, but you know, I, I was debating between Carmelo and Moss and I just felt like when I was growing up and then even, you know, just recently Moss has changed the game to where, you know, players look up to him in the way he, he approaches the game and stuff. Like if I'm not mistaken, Justin Jeffries, uh, Jefferson, excuse me, said that Moss was like a player he idolized growing up and he plays very similar to him. He just, you know, so it's just he has still an imprint on the league that is rippling through all this, all this time. And he's been retired and I think inducted in the hall of fame. So he's, he still feels like he's a part of the game, even though he's been away from it for so many years. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Randy Moss was absolutely ridiculous. He was just, he was what they call a cheat code. (laughs) Yeah. He was what? Six, four. And just one of the fastest players in the league. I mean, just, that's un—that's unfair to have a guy who's yeah. that tall and could run faster than most most players. Just and the and the way
0: he ran was like effortless. It didn't even look like he was trying. He would just yeah. start his stride, and the next thing you know, he was forty yards down the field with no one next to him. You know, I do think
1: about too. There's, um, I know that he went to Marshall, but he was going to. I want to say University of Miami, but I might be wrong. I forgot what college she was actually going to be going to, but then he got kicked out for some um, off the field issue. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he mm-hmm. got kicked off. And and so then um, he had to go to like junior college and then ended up on Marshall because um, of his grades and whatnot. But like, I just kind of always think like, if he went to that power, it was a power five school. I want to say it was Miami, but I'm not, hundred percent sure on it, so um, but if it was Miami, like I just am kind of curious, like if he went to Miami, had that college career, like he still would be a hall of famer i don't I don't see that ever changing. It's just like he probably wouldn't have gone to Minnesota, he probably would have gone to a different team, yeah, and I'm kinda I just you know i I always think about some of those things every now and then, like okay, where what would have happened with his career if um, he was on this team, or yeah. ended up going to this team. So I was so think
0: about the, stuff like that. Sometimes. The college was Florida State. So
1: Florida State, yes, I knew yeah. it was in Florida. Yeah, and that was a oh man, that that school was, <laughs> and especially they were in wild that time back then, they were yeah. absolutely dominant. He would have been top five pick in the NFL draft if he would have went to Florida State for sure. Yeah hundred percent
0: all right man let's go
1: home all right guys well thank you so much for uh listening we appreciate you guys joining us uh, big shout out to brad for commenting on on the video uh majority of the time so big shout out to him even though now he's uh he's probably sleeping right now i don't know maybe um but um which i'll I'll complain to him tomorrow because I got to see him tomorrow. But anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Uh, We do appreciate it. Please follow us on all the social media sites, which is uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's just, uh, it's going to be too much, but we're on all the major platforms, threads, whatever it is. Uh, (laughs) Go, go, uh, go support us on all that. So thank, please. And thank you on that um you know if you aren't sure uh what i just said you can go to drewcodesportstalk.com where you can see all of our social media sites and you can go follow us from there um also you can go to our uh, youtube page subscribe uh like and comment on the videos we always want to hear from you um you know we even on the on the social media sites as well we always try and um respond to as many people as we can um so thank you on that uh we've been a, I think we've been a little more active on on social media of late, and that's because it's uh, regular life again. There's no more vacations. There's no no more, um, you know. Got to go out of town for this. It's just more of you know, kids got to go to school or starting to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, back to work as usual. Can't really leave because we got things to do here. So yeah, it, it's starting to get to uh, normal life. So I think we're going to be more um we're going to be more involved in social media because we're not going to have uh other things to do so <laughs> anyway um go uh subscribe to uh all the major podcasts which were on apple podcast google podcast iHeart, um spotify spotify there you go i knew i was forgetting one so go go follow us on all that and um like uh rate and review and comment as well um You know, five star review would be preferred. If it's if it's a five star, please let us know what you enjoyed. That way, we can continue to uh, get better. And if it is a one star, please let us know what you didn't like, so that way we can improve on that. So, anything and everything does actually help us. Um, You know, we just do this as a hobby. We know we're not getting paid for this, so. Um, You know, if you give us a one star, we're not going to be coming after you. Be like, well, this person.
0: Uh, Speak for
1: gonna. Oh, well, OK. Well, I won't care. I will find you. Um, I'll just probably call you out as random person like I normally do. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Random person. <laughs> there you go, random guy. Um. So anyway, uh, we appreciate all that. So, Cody, I'm going to have you finish it off. Um, I know I probably missed a ton but uh let you finish everything off
0: all right well uh just like drew said guys you guys can visit drewcodesportstalk.com while you guys are there please go support our partners uh our partners with fnx fit um use drew code 15 to get 15 percent off your order when you're ordering supplements workout gear or anything like that i'm a frequent user of their protein powder and i I actually got it because Drew recommended it and it is very, very good. So I recommend it. Go and grab some. And also I do have a lot of their uh, workout gear as well, like their merch. And it is good stuff. I work out with it all the time. You can ask Drew. I'm probably in it 90% of the time. So uh, go check that out. Also go to SeatGeek, download their app or visit SeatGeek.com. Use Drew code to get $20 off your first order when you're going to a concert or a sporting event, especially with a lot of the stuff that's going on now. You're definitely going to want to capitalize on that opportunity and then also too, don't forget to go visit fanatics if you guys are raiders giants or any sport fan there's a special link in our description of this episode click on that begin shopping and they have a ton of stuff going out right now so Definitely get that ready for football season. Also for you know postseason for Major League, which is coming up. And then also if you're into any other sports like Formula Formula One, like we are, all that's on the on the Fanatics website as well. So just visit the special link in this episode, and that way you guys can uh, get your gear and help support the podcast. And also too, I mentioned this a couple of times, but we have Drew Code merch now. This is one of the phone cases I just bought. So and it's actually really good quality and then also one of the shirts i have as well so you guys can go to our website click on the link and you guys will see all the merch that's available and uh it is it's really good stuff if i'm being honest and i got drew one for father's day uh so i you know i hope he enjoys it because i have a matching one so we can twinsies one day but uh you guys can match with us as well if you guys go to the website so Yes, than, yes, yep, other than that that's pretty much it. Uh next week when we are back, we will be doing uh the sa- the southern region of the AFC and NFC divisions. So that'll be super fun and then we'll have another fantasy draft of another wacky Themed, which I cannot wait for because who knows what it's going to be about. Maybe it's favorite Marvel movies, maybe it's favorite sports movies, maybe it's favorite 90 day fiance couples. Who the heck knows? So it'll be fun stuff, guys. So stay <laughs> tuned for that. And again, go visit truecodesportsock.com for additional content. So I think that's it, man. So I bid you adieu, man.
1: Yes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Another shout out to Ken and King for
0: joining us last week. Sames. All right, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you guys next week.